0: Hello, and welcome to the Return Within podcast. I'm your host, Stormy Kilcher. In the Return Within podcast, we explore the human experience through the lens of subtle body energy, flower medicine, nature, animal communication, and the medicine that comes from within. I am so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining me. Let's begin. Hello, dear friends. I am so excited that you're here for today's episode. On this episode, I have my dear friend and fellow psychic Katie Surbeck. Katie is a psychic medium and offers channelings through individual sessions and email channelings. She's also the host of the Gilded Butterflies podcast. I have gotten to know Katie over this past year and found her presence and intuitive channeling to be profound, supporting, and aligned. I hope you enjoy this very wise and loving conversation between Katie and I. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Return Within Podcast. I have my dear, beloved friend, Katie Serbeck here today. I am so excited that she's here. Um, hi, Katie. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, thank you for having me. Oh, of course, I, it was so funny. You had me on your podcast, and immediately after we ended our recording, I was like, you have to come online.
1: Yes, I know, <laughs> And
0: I was so excited when you said yes, because I feel like you and I have, like, our friendship has kind of evolved weirdly this year. Like, I don't even know how we became friends.
1: Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) It is just kind of like
0: involved into something. And so, like, I'm so excited to hear about your journey and just about who you are as a person and your journey into your business and your lifestyle. And, I'm so excited to learn about you, and I hope everyone else is excited, too, because Katie's incredible, so I'm so excited. Um, I don't know where to begin. Like, where do you want to go with this? Um, I guess, okay, I'm going to slow down, because I'm like, yay! (laughs) Um, What is your three? I I know you just had a birthday. Like, what is your
1: Mm -hmm. your three? I'm Aquarius Sun, Aries Moon, Cancer Rising.
0: Wow!
1: Yeah. Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a stellium in Aquarius too. What does that mean? Uh, I think f- f- it's like four more planets in Aquarius. Oh yeah. wow. I have a lot. All my my whole chart is like in that one little section. Like I don't have any Earth in my chart or anything. It's it's like all all air and water.
0: Oh my gosh, that's smells intense. Like yeah. I thankfully I have some like earth energy so it like really keeps me here or else I would be like woo. Yeah. How have you <laughs> like how have you had to learn how to manage that?
1: I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> I'm still very I had my chart read and she was like do you, as a kid, were your head, was your head always in the clouds and stuff? And I was like, no, I'm still like that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're
0: like, I'm still learning. I'm not here.
1: I'm not here most of the time. Sorry guys. Yeah. It's definitely, especially adding in like being a psychic and intuitive and all that. It's,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's fun. It's mostly fun, but sometimes people have to bring me back down and be like okay Katie like calm down <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I get that I get that a lot I understand that um why don't you tell me or tell us about yourself like what is your business what do you do who you are I don't know like give us the deets
1: <laughs> yeah oh god I'm not good at this
0: <laughs> that's okay try your best we're fine
1: <laughs> um I'm a psychic and medium mm-hmm And, um, but I didn't know until 2020. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a whole conversation. All right. I know. Yeah. So I grew up just, I was very intuitive, head in the clouds, like just very otherworldly, I would say. I just always had this really mature air about me. Like this is my millionth life. What's happening? like, oh, I already know what's happening type thing. <laughs> um, I didn't even cry when I was born, that sort of thing. and mm-hmm. um, I guess I just didn't have, well, I was raised Catholic, so I wasn't really exposed to different forms of spirituality until I was in high school. And even then I like had never, psychics just weren't on my radar and like intuitives and healers and stuff just nowhere near on my radar like didn't know they existed pretty much outside of that so raven like i didn't know what it's like i was, was just
0: oh my god that's so funny i was literally gonna text you last night to ask you about that so raven i am not joking it was on my mind that is so, <laughs> funny. so
1: funny i need to rewatch that show i haven't seen it since i was a kid
0: Well, I was going to text you and I was going to ask you, like, you know, like as a child, when you see stuff like that, it's like, oh, that's so cool. And then you're like, oh, shit, I can do that.
1: Yeah, no, literally. Yeah, (laughs) I mean,
0: they do it like how they portray it is actually really interesting because there's like never um, it's like you see stuff and like they try to involve free will. But like sometimes things just have to play out as it is. And it's mm-hmm. like Raven, like learning how to manage that. And that's very much like how it is for me. And yeah. like, just like going with the process. That is so funny.
1: That yeah. So funny. Yeah. I need, to, I think what's really interesting too, is she really gets in the way of the messages. Yeah. She, yeah. She tries to interpret them and figure it out and prevent it, but it's actually completely like the vision's completely unrelated to the narrative that she's created in her so mind. Think, yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's so interesting and so funny.
0: Yeah.
1: I need to start, I'm going to start binge watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just remember as a kid being like, wow, that's so cool. And like how she has premonitions is very different from how I have premonitions. And I was like, so I couldn't like put the two together. And then mm-hmm. finally, when I got older, actually, I was like, who were some people that I like observed in society that were psychics and intuitives? And also Raven was the first show that I was like, that was the first time that I recognized that people could do this Mm -hmm. because I was raised religiously too. And it wasn't like a conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, like only men were supposed to be the ones with the power to do so. Mm. So it was like this very, um, like, This like reprogramming of like what I've been taught about being a psychic. I didn't know that you didn't realize that until 2020. I mean, that's like two years. Like how I don't even know what to ask. Like, okay, hold Mm -hmm. on. How wow, my mind is like racing. Okay, like one, what was like the initial, like, oh, this is me?
1: Okay, so I was on a retreat. And we were doing tons of healing work and stuff like that. And so one of the hosts pairs us up to practice read each other. And I didn't even realize that's what we were doing. I'm like, I'm in Sedona, Arizona. I'm vibing. I don't really care what's happening. I'm like, let's just enjoy this experience. So Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that's what we were doing. And um, basically, I was getting these really clear messages for people when I would practice read them. Mm -hmm. and it happened several times throughout that day, and then the host made a joke. She was like, oh, katyserbeck.com, like, made a joke about it, and everyone laughed, and her saying that, like, I literally had a thats a raven moment, like, when they zoom into her eyeball and everything, I was like, (gasps) and I literally, like, so clearly had, to this day, probably the clearest download, where it was, like, I just knew all of a sudden, like, you're a psychic, you have these abilities you're supposed to be using them this is what you're going to do with your life and it was like a life-changing moment and it was so funny because I think that was like day two of that retreat in the first day I'm like going around telling everyone like I have my dream job like I love my life everything's fine the way it is blah blah and then all of that went like shit hit the fan like the real quick <laughs> yeah um So, yeah, then after that, I like dove head first. And then that was when I finally had like terminology for what I was experiencing. And that's when it really clicked for me that the stuff that I was experiencing isn't a universal experience. And that I never clicked in my brain until then. I was like, oh, wow. I, yeah,
0: it's always interesting. Like, I think it's funny that you went to Sedona because it was like, oh, I'm just going to go check it out, you know, and then <laughs> it's like, oh, no, we have another plan for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you it's so funny. Yeah, because I stayed in Phoenix and then drove to Sedona oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and I had this brand new journal and on the first page I wrote, I am supposed to be here. Hmm and that was the day I drove to the retreat house in Sedona like I just knew like it was so intuitively led and I didn't even have the terminology like I have I played with the law of attraction and like stuff like that and had listened to some spiritual podcasts and stuff like that but I had never taken a huge leap into it you know I was very much set for the corporate world I think like you know I was very
0: I <laughs> didn't that oh my god yeah
1: like I was working a really great job like really good title Mm -hmm. for such a young age great pay I'm like I'm gonna move up in this company Mm -hmm. I was working a lot like way too much um so yeah it was like overnight change
0: (laughs) wow I think it's so funny the things you learn about your friends like (laughs) you don't have the conversations I'm over here like I don't think I know you that well. Like, I know
1: it's so funny because it's it's such a, for lack of a better word, intimate thing to like read someone and have someone read you. It's like you could know all my shame and my deepest darkest secrets, but I don't know your life story.
0: Yeah, it's like you don't know the like plot. Like you don't know that. Like you just see the energy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Okay, so like the next question that came into my mind because this is one question that I get a lot is when you finally stepped into this role, what did your family and friends say?
1: <laughs> Very lucky. Okay. Um, everyone was like, you know, that makes complete sense. Actually. <laughs> um, I literally got back actually the day that I found out I was, I realized that I was a psychic. Um, I had texted my partner cause we lived together and I, sent off this random text and I was like oh bye, I was like I just found out I'm a psychic like isn't that so cool and I don't even remember what he replied but I came home and like I was so energized and I couldn't shut up I was like so excited about all of it right. and then I went to my parents the next day because they lived nearby and I was a little nervous to tell them but they really didn't like it kind of like clicked for everyone then too you know they were all very supportive um, and everyone I've told like my old bosses and friends and stuff. Um, I only probably have had one negative reaction, um, which I'm very lucky for. Cause that's not the case for a lot of people. No, um, yeah. But yeah, it was someone that I really do care about and they care about me but they're very religious. So they were like if you're doing this for money, you're going to go to hell type thing. And it was like, oh, "Okay. Good yeah, to know." Yeah, that's there, <laughs> isn't
0: it? Yeah, that's there. Yeah. I I yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: That's incredible. I I always find it so interesting like how the family responds and like how friends respond because sometimes it's like, when you finally have the language, like, yeah, they might not get it all the way, but at least they're like, oh, like some of the stuff makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Like some of the things you did as a kid, that makes sense. Um, Like that, I would say like 75% of my family does not understand because they're very Mm -hmm. religious, like very like witchcraft mentality. Mm -hmm. And like the 25% that do understand, like they, they'll be like, do you remember when you did that as a kid? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, we just didn't know that that's what it was. Like, we didn't Mm -hmm. know that that's what you were doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. Like I have those people who can like recognize that. And I'm so glad you have that too, because that's so like being an intuitive can be isolating sometimes because Mm -hmm. it's like, there's not a lot of conversation around it. And there's not a lot of family and like I don't know many families that like sit around the table talking about this stuff, you know, like, um, like the greater picture, like, yeah, there's the religion piece and there's Mm -hmm. like the, yeah, I, hmm, that's really fascinating. The, one of the things that I was also curious about is like with the religious upbringing, how did that how does that affect your readings now like um like being catholic you must have like you have the connection to the angels and the patrons and the saints and there's prayer and there's rosaries and like all of those are so can be very beneficial if they're used correctly I'm just curious like how does that like still play in your life like how do you I, I yeah. don't know like whatever <laughs>
1: comes yeah. up for you. So, when I th- so my rejection of Catholicism was actually years before I found out I was a psychic. Um, I had a really negative experience in a church. Um, the priest was being incredibly transphobic and homophobic, and I literally got up and left while he was talking. Um, and I never went back, and it wasn't until literally recently like the past couple months that I kind of started incorporating the word God again and prayer and stuff like that because after that experience I was just I really had to dissect like how cut and dry and black and white a lot of religions are Mm -hmm. and it's like oh if you do this then you're going to hell for all eternity you know and I just I think Um, it's so kind of embarrassing, but I'm reading this, um, dirty romance novel right now about a priest (laughs) and, um, but it's really, it's actually a very deep book, honestly. And the way that he, even though he's a Catholic priest, the way that he's talking about religion, even though he's not a real priest, but whatever is like, it really like sparks something in me. Mm-hmm. And how I was missing that, like r- the ritual aspects of what happens in church. You know, yeah. like everyone's singing together, everyone's praying together, and there's like that sacred space. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I really, it's, it's interesting. You know, I never really felt shame though around being a psychic because I've always been very um independent I've gotten to a couple arguments with some nuns um like I was that kid in religion class like but why do we feel that way you know like and no one could ever tell me why and that's what would drive me crazy um like I remember one time this nun told us that animals don't go to heaven and I really oh my god yeah it was (laughs) Which, like, a year later, the new Pope said that they do. Yeah, so I was, right. Like, That's
0: what I was going to say. Don't the Pope make it announced it.
1: Yeah. So, but it, we were in religion class, and, like, the point of it, from my perspective, is to have conversations about this stuff, but... For a lot of people in religion, it's like, no, this is how it is. Don't question it. Like you're not supposed to. But I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And everyone in the class got really riled up and the nun actually ended up crying and leaving the room, which I felt really bad about. But at the same time, I was like, But, like, there's St. Francis who could talk to animals. Like, if he could talk to animals, why don't they go to heaven? If he could talk to them, you're saying they don't have souls, but they obviously have something going on there, you know? So, yeah. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm really, the last couple of months, like, I really have had to explore my religious roots because it's coming it's almost like you can't avoid it, right? Like at some point it's gonna make itself known. Mm-hmm. And I have really have had to be it's like pulling apart the pieces of like what I want from religion and what I want that I felt was serving people mm-hmm. well and like treating people well and supporting people, but then also like the parts that did not feel godlike or mm-hmm. you know love or truth. it's like abandoning those programming you know like abandoning all of that it's been a very interesting journey um but uh, like with the like the rituals and the ceremony like i have to say like i i was mormon and i left the mormon church and my family were Seventh day Adventists as well. And a lot of them are also born again Christians. So there's like a lot of like really strict religious context mm-hmm. in my family. And I have to say, while I left the church like 10 years ago, there's still so many parts that I miss. Mm-hmm. And it's like me, like trying to reconcile that is really mm-hmm. hard because I'm yeah. like, they've done all of this stuff. And they've done like caused so much pain. And it's like, but there's so many things that I agree with. And how do you like work Mm -hmm. them together? Right? Like, how do you like separate so it's not so like throat choking and like, you know, just like constriction? Um, I'm always so fascinated when people are raised religiously because that says a lot about their character and like what they are learning in their life. And it's Mm -hmm. not an easy journey when you're an intuitive or a psychic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's especially because I live in the South and it's like, you can't throw a rock without hitting a church. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And it's hard because in an ideal world, there would be churches that helped their communities without strings attached. Yeah, Yeah. because and that's the part that I wish um, was more prominent, you know, where it's like, come to the soup kitchen, come to the pancake breakfast and eat Mm -hmm. and speak with people, um, get clothes that you need, whatever it is. You don't have to even join our church. You don't even have to be interested in joining our church, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or come come as you are that's what I would love and I in an ideal world it's like I don't care who you are your background just it should I think there's no love stop being the focal point and that's yeah uh, and it's been like that for centuries but it's like it really did stop being the focal point and it started like people are idolized things outside of love and that's really what it is
0: Yes, I, you know, I work a lot with Jesus and Mary, Mother Mary Mm -hmm. and Mary Magdalene. Um, I've done a lot of work with them over the years and I really have like, it like allowed them into my life. Like I'm like, here, work with me. And it's so interesting to me because this past year, especially the conversation that's been coming up of like when the religious communities are saying this and this and this, it's like when Jesus comes forward, he's like, people have missed everything that I have taught. Like people have missed all of the Mm -hmm. finer details, right? Like
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Jesus was a radical and like people don't like, people don't want to look at radicals because they're like, that's not what Jesus was. Like, and I'm like, no, like you have missed the whole
1: yeah literally the whole point yeah the whole
0: point. it's so true yeah
1: it's so true It yeah. it's like Jesus didn't care if you were a murderer if you were a prostitute if you had leprosy like genuinely he was about
0: humankind like he was about mm-hmm. humans right mm-hmm. and that's like that's something that I am investigating I'm very curious I love that. about how this is going to play out. Um when okay so like rewind, right? Where we go way too deep into the religious conversation. <laughs> um how so when you were like oh I'm a psychic and you came back home did you start doing readings like immediately? Like how did you prepare yourself?
1: So yeah, so I took a course that um, I don't tell people what it was cause I don't resonate with the creator. And also I felt like, um, it didn't really prepare me for what I was actually searching for. And it was very expensive. Yeah. There was just a lot of stuff, um, but it served its purpose for me, um, for, I think like six weeks, mm-hmm. four to six weeks. And then I started doing practice readings mm-hmm. and there was like this whole community of people that also did the course and everyone would practice read each other. And, um, so I did practice readings with them for like, I literally had one. So COVID had shut down my job. So I had tons of free time too. Um, so I literally had at least one practice reading every day for several weeks. And after like a week of them, I was like, Oh wait, like I'm actually really good at this. you're
0: exactly. like, I should be getting paid.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. And so then I started opening up to being char or charging people. Yeah. Um, and it would be like nothing. And like I wouldn't even ask for payment up front, which was a mistake. <laughs> um, but it really laid my foundation, and that was the time that's I really love that time period for myself because I really was just laying the groundwork of figuring out like how do I want to do readings what do I want it to be like um so that was like March April May and then in June sometime in June I launched my website um so it seems pretty quick but I (laughs) um and it's so funny I was looking in my Instagram archive and I was charging like $15 for a reading. (laughs) So I, I still, am going to treat that as laying my foundation. Like every reading I had was very much still new and practice and all of that. And I don't think it was until the fall that I really was like, okay, like let's take myself a little bit more seriously here. So yeah.
0: I'm really glad you brought the pricing because you and I have talked about this Mm -hmm. and like I know so many people that I've spoken to about this as well and I'm sure you've spoken to other people it's like how do you price your services and like when I when I asked you, like, what what was like the preparation course that you took, right? I was like, Stormy, what are you talking about? Like, she's was preparing for it her whole life, like, yeah. it's been, like this lifelong preparation. It's not just gonna be, you know, and it like even as intuitives, we still have to grow. Like, we still have to like expand our gifts and practice our gifts. So I was like, what are you talking about, Stormy? She's been doing this her whole life. <laughs> but with like pricing. You know that is such a difficult conversation in this new age world. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, <clears throat> I think you might agree with me. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Like I want my get, like I want my service to be accessible, right? I want people to be able to get them. I want people to be able to book services. But also at the same time, I have been taken advantage of so many times by people. Who have mm-hmm. the financial resources, but like don't want to pay? Like, you know, people will be like, well, that's so expensive. And I'm like, yeah, but I've had training for this long, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it's not tangible to people because they're like, how do you, there's not a degree, there's not courses. Yeah, there's like courses, but it's not like, here's the degree, mm-hmm. here's the certification, right? It's very, difficult to put intangible words. Um I like how I don't know how have you worked through that? I don't I don't know what my question is.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's a hard topic. It really is tricky. Um this is something I've had really big epiphanies with lately. And I always know when it's time to raise my pricing, when things are really quiet and stagnant and then there's always someone that takes advantage and then I'm like am I supposed to raise my prices? Yeah. Um, and what I did this past time that I raised my prices was I just sat and I prayed first. And then I just sat and channeled mm-hmm. and I asked spirit, I was like, can you send me the numbers? Because I don't know. Yeah. And they just sent me what they were. And I think it was, it's similar to what you had said to me the last time I had a reading with you where it's like, really, we are working for spirit. Yeah. You know, and if spirit tells me this is the rate that you need to offer, I really it's like my whole basis for my business and my existence is trusting those messages, you know. Um, but it is tricky. Um yeah, it is. I also it also is such a personal thing because it if you think about it too, I could be really accessible but then I would have to do what, like 30 to 50 readings a month just to make ends meet. And that's not really fair. Yeah. And so I think that's something I had to really face where I was like, okay, also what are the odds of you getting like 50 readings a month? You know, like really having to look at that and um, it's challenging and there's, I don't know. And I also think that we are the kind of people that really do want to give back, you know, where it's like I would love to be making enough to take care of myself, but also to maybe donate money of every reading yes. or um make it so I have like a scholarship reading every week or every week, every month, you know what I yeah. mean? And
0: right, I
1: know, yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where if you're living you know, in poverty or really stretching yourself thin or whatever it might be. It's really hard to look at things like that. It's really hard to say, yeah, I'm going to donate this money, but I also need to buy groceries this week. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a balance. Um, Mm -hmm. and I also really do trust that people that are supposed to have readings will,
0: Um, yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: they all, if they're supposed to, they will, um, I really, really do believe that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I told you this the other day, um, which I've never said before, but I'm going to say, it. I like raised my prices for 2022 and some people were really grouchy about it and it was fine. I moved through it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to offer a discount code to people. And I did not one. Uh, well, no, that's a lie. One person has used the code out of like, and then a bunch of people book sessions and I, without using it, and I was like, wait, what? I was like the energetics of it. I was like, I, I don't understand what just happened here. Mm-hmm. Right? And Spirit was like, you need to understand that people aren't finding you. Like they're finding you by word of mouth and mm-hmm. like they will pay what, like mm-hmm. they're just like willing to have a session. Like they're coming to you for a reason. And like, yeah, the discount code might be there, but they might not know that. And they're just going to pay, like, they're going to pay for your service. Mm -hmm. And it's like accepting that. Yep. And I was like, wow, that's a really,
1: yeah, it was like
0: total, like mind warp, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It reminds me of, I think it was Taylor Swift that said this, but when people say it's similar to when you see your own face every day, you're like, Oh, that's nothing new. Like, "Ew, I don't like myself. But when someone sees you for the first time, they're like, Whoa, you're so beautiful, but you're so used to it that it's like, you don't see the value. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, also with the work we do, like we could give someone a transformational reading changes their life, but we never hear from them again. Yeah. And for all I know, like, And I can feel it energetically, you know, where it's like, oh, I know I'm changing people's lives and stuff. And I don't need people to tell me that I don't need the validation, but not witnessing it, I think makes us kind of question and undervalue ourselves a bit. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Wow. (laughs)
0: Thank you. Holy shit. Yes.
1: It's hard. And one thing my best friend said to me god a week ago or so when I was like struggling with the concept of raising my prices Mm -hmm. she was like Katie it's not paying their electric bill like they don't need this thing it's not a necessity so they're gonna it's an additional expense anyways Mm -hmm. that they're kind of preparing for Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah that's true I never even it didn't click in my brain like that like it's not like you know and also Mm -hmm. It's just so layered. It's like I don't want to project my own lack mentality onto people, and how they spend their money really isn't my business. At, you know, and yeah, yeah.
0: I was listening. Um, I couple months ago, I I go to Boise, like to go to trade shows and stuff, and it's like a two-hour drive or two and a half hours depending on the weather. And I was listening to this podcast with this woman, I cannot remember the name, but she was talking about how like, sometimes we will project like what we expect people to do, like, and how Mm -hmm. much money they make, like, oh, people don't make that kind of money. And so these are the only like clients I'm like can have, or like, it can only be this financial framework. And I was listening to her talk about that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have been like projecting pricing Mm -hmm. on people when really it's not my business. Yeah, it's not. You know, like I, I've always said that if people want a reading with me, reach out to me, I'll work with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that is never like, that's never been a doubt in my mind. And I've offered that to so many people and yet people still do not want to work with me after I say that. And Mm -hmm. so I just take it or leave it. Right. But it was like, when I heard that framework about like, you can't project things onto people, like you can't project on something that's not even there. And I was like, wow. Okay. And that's when I raised my prices. That was like, oh, next step. Like, I need to just allow things to play out as it is.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think I I was listening to this. I think it was Holisticism podcast.
0: With Michelle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I don't listen often, but I just felt called to this one episode. And whoever they were interviewing was talking about how they were looking for a therapist. And every man therapist was like this is my rate this is my availability let me know if you want it and all the women were like well this is my usual rate but if you can't afford it please let me know if you can't come to Ah, see yeah um if my hours don't work you know that people pleasing and um it's that also it's so complex because for me it's also energetically tied to like but if my prices are too expensive they might not like me Mm. They might judge me, but if a man, I guarantee you, if a, a man was doing what I was doing, he would be charging probably even more than my currently raised price I, is. Yes. I, I have that yes. confidence. Yeah. But it's like not a confidence. It's like just knowing,
0: like just yeah. knowing that it's going to like, there's no doubt. Cause like men have that innate lesson that's been engraved in them, that it's just going to work Yeah, or they'll force it to work um not all men but quite a few men especially in the spiritual world um yeah wow oh my gosh so many insights I'm learning I'm learning a lot here same (laughs) okay
1: same same
0: wow (laughs) Yeah.
1: and I think it is a balance too between wanting to pay my bills and remaining ethical with my pricing because I've seen people charge Maybe it's still my lack mentality. I don't know, but I saw someone charging like $230 for like a 30-minute reading and like that's their business. That's fine, but I had to sit with that and be like I was triggered, honestly. Yeah. I was like that's so much money, but for all I know their clientele is just a different tax bracket or something. I don't know. You don't know. But um
0: there's yeah, there's somebody that I used to follow um they would charge $555 per 45 minutes Who? and they would be booked out like eight, nine months. And I Ooh. was like, what, what is the, what does that mean to me? Right. Mm-hmm. Like either they're really valuing their time and people are willing to spend that much money um, to do that. I mean, if they can do that, that's great. Like for me personally, no, I cannot Yeah. Do that. Like, that's not, even if I had the finances, I, or like, was more financially abundant, I don't think I would do that.
1: Yeah. Same.
0: Like, it is like looking at the values, right? And like, is it more like they're flashy or is it more like they're really integral?
1: Yeah. You know? And
0: that's like that discernment piece of like, what do I think that my energy is worth reading?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: like, when you look at the client perspective, like what, what do they want, you know? And sometimes yeah. people don't always get that. Yeah. And so,
1: yeah,
0: it's a really interesting thing to explore. It really is. Yeah.
1: It's very complex. And I also feel like it's so personal too. It
0: is, it is. Like, and you
1: don't, I've also, most of my clients, like I have a couple repeat people but most of them I don't know. Yeah. And I never look people up beforehand for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how I would look them up because when they book, it's just their name and like, you know, the Zoom info. And Mm -hmm. then I find out like ages later that they're like hugely successful living in a mansion in L.A. on the beach. And it's like, oh. And it's like, you know, it's one of those things where we really don't know people's financial situations, you know? Yeah, it's,
0: I, we're gonna have to talk about this more. Like you and I are gonna have to like brainstorm (laughs) on this because this is like a conversation that I know so many of my friends have had. And like, it really is interesting when you said that you can tell when things are slowing down, you need to raise your prices because it's almost like, I mean, really, it's like spirit is like, okay, here's this path. You have to go over the steps. Like you have to take this step up. If you want to move forward, that kind of feeling, like, I don't mm-hmm. like the ascension, you know, I think yeah ascension into the heart, not above, mm-hmm. but it's like this very like you have to ascend deeper into yourself and you have to be able to provide for yourself. And it's this very triggering conversation for people. Like if it anything, really is, yeah. Money in general is like like when it comes to money and like soul ratings, people get really vulnerable.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I also didn't realize there's that spiritual concept where if you have a lot of money or you're making a lot of money or not even just a lot, but, you know, getting by, then you must be not as spiritual as everyone else. Yes. Yeah. And I had this epiphany that I was projecting that idea onto myself where, and it was something that my friend told me to look up. She was just trying to get me to look at what I value in life. My, where my second house is. Mm -hmm. And I looked it up and my second house is in Leo. I literally looked this up this morning. And that is all about how finances, financial security, or even just having things that I love around me is what makes me feel worthy. And, um, I don't even like the word worthy in there, but you know what I mean? Like Like solid. Yeah. It's what makes me feel secure. And I was like shaming myself for feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I'll tell you, like, I've been a healthcare worker, okay, for the last five years. And I've been working with patients with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and dementia. And I used to be a teacher. And, like, we all know that teachers do not get paid very much money, Mm -hmm. especially the schools that I was working in. They were very low income. Mm-hmm. not a lot of support financially. Like I poured thousands of dollars into my classrooms. Mm-hmm. And when I finally decided to, to transition to full-time to healthcare it was actually right before COVID. It was like three years ago, which is really ironic. The irony <laughs> is not lost upon me, but I was starting to get paid a lot more. And it was like this whole conversation with myself of like, wow, I'm getting paid a lot of money. Like, I, like, how does this fit with my family? Like, I can't have these nice things around my family. Like, I can't have these nice things and, like, do mm-hmm. readings for people because they're going to think that I'm, you know, like, the word snobbish came to mind, mm-hmm. or, like, like um, you know, like, financially secure, you know? And But it was, like, the whole conversation of, like, me... Breaking free of like lower income, like a lower income family, into like me moving into a bracket that most of my ancestral roots have never moved into. It was such a like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. I'm not spiritual. Oh my God, I'm, a, you know, there was like so much shame that came up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have worked for some wealthy, wealthy people. And it was so fascinating to me that I was like battling this game of money and like how I need mm-hmm. to be, like what I need yep. to survive and what I want, you know, very much like the Leo of like, these are the things I need is security. Mm-hmm. When I was like observing these like ultra wealthy people, I was like, oh my God, like my values, I had to like realign everything, because I was looking at how people were living their lives with a lot of money. I was looking at people who were living their lives without, you know, essentially not a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was like, where do I want to be? And it was like reassessing my whole value of Mm -hmm. my life. And it's like money is such a, you know, in the spiritual community, it's like really shamed upon, even though they're so willing to like get money from you.
1: Yep. It's so true.
0: And like me doing healthcare, I had to like, finally, I was like, no, I am doing a fuck ton of work for these people. I Mm. am preparing them for the end of their life. Like I need to get paid this amount of money. Like there's no negotiation. Yeah. And once I finally came to that point, I was like, all my needs got met. My clients were healthy. Everybody, you know, everything went well. And it was like, because I finally stepped up to the next par. Mm. Um, but this is like, I have this conversation with myself often. about Because mm-hmm. it's like, how do you justify, like when we've only seen people abuse money yeah. and like abuse services in both real, like in reality and new age world, you know, like we've seen that, like the greed and the corporal mentality play out in both. And it's like, how does this work? Like, how yeah. do I find my place in this?
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard, especially seeing the ugly side of people that are extremely wealthy because yes. I worked on a five star resort
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that was something that was hard for me when I first started there was billing people. Yeah, and charging them and it felt like this astronomical amount of money to me mm-hmm. and my boss had to say katie like these are people that have like three private jets their family each gets on a jet they fly into the private airport they have cars come pick them up take them to this resort where they're paying minimum ten thousand a night for their room um that's not including anything extra, including food that they, st- you know, and it, they don't blink an eye. It's not a thing. It's, it's a fun vacation. They're not really concerned about the amount. This is probably the cheapest thing on their bill. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. It's.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm really grateful that I've had a lot of interactions with really
1: famous Mm -hmm. wealthy
0: people because it's given me the chance to really understand the flashiness of it and like Mm -hmm. what's really happening behind the scenes and like what do I want money to be valued like what do I want money to be to me right like exactly you know if somebody wants to be wealthy okay if that's truly in alignment for you great you know like for me I have to be so like it's really easy for me to get distracted, and so I have to be really on course with who I am. Mm-hmm. And having all of these experiences, watching the whole world and watching these dynamics, it's really been eye-opening for me to understand what I need and what I want. Right? Yeah, I'm not. It's just gonna be. I'm curious. I'm curious about how money will progress the mm-hmm. next couple of years. Like if we're going to become a society that's like, doesn't rely on community and doesn't rely on bartering or like exchange or homemaking of gifts, like mm-hmm. those things are so important to me.
1: Yeah, And I'm
0: just curious about how this is going to play out.
1: Yeah. And I think It goes back to what I said earlier And this concept. I found it in the most random place. I was watching this Andrew Garfield interview on YouTube. He played one of the Mm Spider-Mans and I, he said like the most profound complex thing. And it was like, next question. And I was like, Whoa, 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 let's back up. But he talked about when preparing for this role that he played, I don't even know what it was. Sorry, but (laughs) he, he, had to really examine spirituality and learn and he was praying every day and doing all this stuff and he realized that the problem is people idolize are idolizing things outside of themselves and outside of god love whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. and it makes me think of that with money Mm -hmm. especially in the social media age we're in where it's like we're getting ads constantly it's like this shirt candle pair of shoes um getting dressed in a great outfit every single day, whatever it is, that's going to be the thing that makes you feel fulfilled and happy. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not true. It's not going to bring you that baseline deep fulfillment. You know, if you don't have that baseline, then if you have that baseline and that foundation, that nice outfit might add to that or like getting dressed every day in a nice outfit might add to that fulfillment but idolizing that or idolizing people, even in religion, idolizing saints and gods and whatever it is like, that's, that's what, where people are getting tripped up. And yeah. I see that with having worked with really wealthy and famous people. It's like, wow, you have a billion dollars to your name and you are miserable,
0: yes. you know? Yeah.
1: And it's so cliche. People are like, money won't make you happy. Money won't buy happiness. And it is hard because on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's people in poverty where even an extra hundred dollars would
0: save their lives.
1: Yeah, literally. So it's very, it's it's complex.
0: It's like this, um, not attaching things to money, right? We live in a very attachment to money society. Um, one a couple of days ago you posted something on instagram about psychics who like take advantage of people and Mm -hmm. i it was like the money conversation of like pay x amount of money and your life will be solved it's still like (laughs) perpetuating this capitalistic like very manipulative energy yeah literally yeah exactly like like, let's make it clear people like no amount of money spent on anything whether it's psychics intuitives doctors um best clothes jets whatever it's not gonna solve anything Mm -hmm. like it's all support tools like it's not the end game
1: (laughs) yeah no it's so true and and that's oh my god it's like that still that idolizing something, becoming codependent on it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's intense. It's very prominent these days. I catch myself doing it sometimes, too. Yeah, me too. If I'm sad, I'll go scrolling on TikTok and then I'll see an ad and I'm like, oh, my God, I can use this person's discount code and buy this top that they're wearing and then I won't hate myself. It's like, yes, mm. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh yeah I
0: literally just did that this morning um there was this woman who like posted something for a company that I like and like I'm having some thyroid issues so I was like feeling I've been feeling really stressed about the thyroid thing and I was like oh if I have that supplement it will solve all my problems and I immediately was like no I was like (laughs) you need to go this way Go this direction. Like the supplement is only going to be a temporary fix. It's not going to. Mm. It's not going to solve the root. So, man, yeah. It's like, oh, doy, should have had a VA, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, it's so easy. It's so easy to do, though, in today's age.
0: It is. It's really. It's like really attractive to people, and it's like you know I trust you immensely because I know that you're coming from a place of authenticity and a place of like you have seen the bad side of spirituality and you've also seen the good you've also seen the good side and so I know that what you're charging that's what you need as a human and I have to respect that and I will pay that because I respect you as a person Mm -hmm. right and so it's like this whole discernment piece of like trying to find just it's just the balance of it all yeah you know like it it's such difficult conversation because every situation is different right Mm -hmm. like I know the responsibility that you have done and the work that you have done and I trust that price right yeah thank you like I trust that you know yourself Mm -hmm. um so there's really no doubt Mm -hmm. in my mind but then when it comes to like the bigger services or like the really easy fix services that's where I'm like that's really attractive I mean it's attractive to anybody I mean Mm -hmm. me and the supplement I was like yeah that can solve all my problems but like, I don't know. Like, it's like, I have to come back to myself. You have to Mm -hmm. come back and you have to like reassess why you're feeling that way. And if it's like, you want to proceed with the reading, what is the intention? Mm -hmm. Are they being responsible? Are they, do they feel like a clear presence? Um, I just totally went on a tangent there. Wow.
1: No, well, thank you for saying that. I feel the same way about you and your pricing and it, kind of goes into that conversation around like social responsibility Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um like do people have a social or ethical responsibility to Mm -hmm. um not scam people and it's it's hard especially in um in the work that we do it's not like you send someone their product and it's not what was advertised and they have proof of that and they can return it you know the work that we do it's channeled Mm -hmm. you know someone could come into a reading and they want to know about their love life but all spirit wants to talk about is their career or their relationship to their self yeah and it's like we we can't control that and that's the point though Mm -hmm. you know um is we're not not controlling it
0: yeah like not feeding the ego Yeah.
1: yeah Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Man. Okay. We're gonna like reroute ourselves here. <laughs> I want to know, like, what? How do you take care of yourself as a psychic and intuitive?
1: Mm, I love this because it's very important to me. <laughs> um, for me personally, a lot of alone time. Yeah. <laughs> that's so important to me. Like I can feel it even over Christmas. I stayed at my parents like for like four or five days. And by that last day, I was like, "Uh." (laughs) you know, even though I love them so much, it's just, um, and a lot of people don't relate to that. I've noticed sometimes I say that to people and they're like, what do you mean? Um,
0: yeah,
1: I have to eat Like that's so big.
0: (laughs) Okay. Right.
1: Yeah. If I don't eat everything, it really does. Like Mm -hmm. if I don't, if I'm hungry before reading and I don't make the time to eat afterward, I could probably faint even Mm -hmm. if it's like a 20 minute reading. Mm -hmm. Um, that's huge. And I'm very food sensitive now. Like I, used to be able to have tons of caffeine can't do it now I'm too anxious Mm -hmm. um lactose intolerant so I'm like pretty much vegan now and it's like um I can tell like a difference showing up in readings if I've had too much uh too many sweets or processed foods or whatever not that I don't live my life because I'm human but you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. making sure that food is um you know, nourishing and all the things um, grounding at the end of the day. I usually take a bath like every day. People say that to me. They're like, your commitment to taking a bubble bath every night is so honorable. And I'm like, if I don't do it, I <laughs> want to go insane. Like yes. if I
0: <laughs> like, that's not negotiable.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, you know, and it's, it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Like, I think that's what people don't understand. Like you can literally just sit in the tub for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. like, and great, but mm-hmm. that's really important. I know if I don't meditate every day too, um, and exercise, even if it's just like going on a quick walk, I can really feel a difference. And so I think that's the part of life that people, or at least being a psychic, that people don't really see is it takes a lot of work. Like, if I, yeah. Like I was celebrating my best friend's birthday last night and they were like, do you want a drink? And it was like an alcoholic drink. And I really had to sit there and be like, ooh, like I have... This many readings yes and then I have uh this going on and then I have this the next day and this many the day after that so no I can't because I'm gonna feel too groggy or whatever it might be even if I'm not I don't get drunk Mm -hmm. you know you really have to think about that stuff it really is a way of living and it's funny because I think to the outside world it just seems like slow living and Oh, she gets to take a lot of baths and go on a lot of walks stuff, which is a privilege. And it is slow living, but it's for a reason.
0: Yeah, it's intentional.
1: Yeah. Like, I remember when I was working my other job, I cut back my hours. So I would work there Monday through Thursday. Then I would do readings every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it was intense. And eventually I literally had to take... Thursday afternoons off and Sundays. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I literally can't do all of this. And it was hard too, because I worked, that job was a little over an hour away. Mm -hmm. And I, it was just, I really had to take so much extra time to kind of, I don't know, regulate my energy.
0: Yeah. I am glad you said that because that's really something. I think people are like, oh, you're always connected to spirit so you can just read it anytime. And it's like, no, I have to take such good care of myself and my energy field, even to think about getting involved with like readings with somebody. Yeah. You know that like, I am one of those people that's so, um, if I am not feeling well, I will reschedule a session. Yep. Like there's no, um, like, yeah, the person might get mad, but I'll tell you most of the time when you say to somebody, I don't think I can give you a proper session right now. Cause I'm not feeling the greatest people are like, oh, no problem. Yep. Right. Always like, people get it. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's not tangible, they're like that. Yeah. They might be disappointed, but then always it's like, we reschedule and, you know, I don't do it often, but when my reschedule people mm-hmm. are like, I'm so glad we changed it to this day because my birthday is yep. tomorrow. Or like, I had this big thing happen this week and I'm so glad I get to ground with you. And I'm like, all right.
1: Yeah, right? exactly.
0: Like allowing the bigger picture to play out.
1: hmm yeah, it's so true. Even yeah. if I'm trying to channel for myself, sometimes spirit is like, like, girl, you just need to eat a burrito or like, you need to go to bed. Go take yeah. a break.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: like that's what you need right now. And it's, it's so funny. And I totally agree, readings, it's like, at the forefront of my mind like whoever's supposed to have the reading will and it's going to happen exactly when it's supposed to I have people sometimes that are like I really want a reading with you but it just doesn't feel like the right time and I'm like then don't book it
0: right
1: Um, or I've had people that accidentally book the wrong day Mm -hmm. and then it ends up being like the perfect time to have it you know so it's very divinely timed for sure
0: yeah always yep um what just so like my the listeners know like what is your current offerings like what do you offer as a psychic right now
1: oh right now I have mini readings which are sliding skills, so you can choose what you pay um and those are done over email so you just submit one to three questions I channel type it up and email it to you. Um, if you don't have any questions, you can choose to have a general reading. So just anything that comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I offer readings over zoom. I have a 20 minute reading and a 40 minute reading mm-hmm. and
0: which are great, by the way,
1: thank <laughs> thank I've had all three. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, those are fun. There's it's a lot of, even the 20 minute reading, I find we go, we go pretty deep into a lot of, a lot of things. So, um, yeah. And I, Think I I can feel some new stuff brewing, but I don't know what it I, is yet.
0: You know, so I was like going to ask you. I was like, <laughs> "Can I ask her this question?" Because I can feel it, and I'm like, she's got some stuff." And I was like, "Yeah." Oh. And then they were like, "Don't ask me." And I'm like, "Okay, but well, I'll just <laughs> let her. I'll let her figure it
1: out." <laughs> I'm one of those people where I like don't like. I would tell a friend, but I'm not like. On the record, gonna say, Oh, I'm gonna offer this thing because if it rolls around to that time and spirit's like, No, that's yeah. kind of hard to explain to people. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're like, What do you mean you've changed your mind? Um, yeah, but like a couple years ago, people were like, Oh, Stormy, do you do animal communication classes? and I was like, Oh, I'm going to, and that has not transpired, and I was like, yeah. And spirit now is like, no Mm, no there's some things that have to like yeah there's like some educational pieces that I have to do in order to like actually teach Mm -hmm. people and it's not funny and like people still email me like you said you were gonna do this and I'm like it's not the right time (laughs) it's not it it's not it (laughs) well I um my last question for you is what is the biggest takeaway that you've had you know, in a recent life experience or, you know, something that like changed how you were perceiving things or just something that you were like, oh, I love that about yourself. I don't know. What is something new that just was like, ah, clicked?
1: Oh, God. It could be There's anything. been so many things lately. <laughs> um, I would say... The biggest lesson, God, that's so, so hard. I love that question though. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest lesson that I've had to repeat, like endlessly, it feels like is trust Mm -hmm. and trusting that it all really does work out no matter what, even if everyone around you is like, you're insane. Like you need to hop on it as my mom says, get your butt in gear, um, make something happen, whatever. Like if your gut is telling you like, no, I need to stick with this, even though nothing's happening in quotations and everyone around me thinks I'm nuts. I still feel like I need to do this. Like that has been like the biggest, even if it's something so small. Yeah. Like going to the store and getting raspberry leaf tea. Like that doesn't make sense. I don't know why I want to do that right now, but my intuition is telling me to. And then boom, I end up getting my period later that day. And like, it's really supportive for that, you know, whatever right. it is. And um, that trust piece. And that's the hardest thing. I see that in readings all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, you don't have to control everything all the time mm-hmm. or ever actually. <laughs> <laughs> um that's really something that I feel like I'm embodying now. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to hear it over and over again. <laughs> um and so my perspective on trust and everything has definitely shifted. Mm-hmm. It's like even when something triggering happens or there's a curveball, I'm still able even if I'm upset and sad or whatever the feeling is, I'm still able to keep that peace in mind where it's like, well, obviously there's something happen, like this is a blessing in disguise. Yeah.
0: Thank you for sharing that.
1: that yeah, you're so welcome.
0: What, that is there's a lot of truth in that and a lot of wisdom.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah. I hope that you all love Katie as much as I love her. Um she is somebody that i trust and i just adore our friendship and i think it's we're going to have to figure out how we know each other i don't even know how we became friends <laughs> i um, think spirit. yeah
1: it's like uh something happened
0: <laughs> something happened but um i'm so glad that you were here katie thank you thank you taking,
1: thank you so much for having me
0: you're welcome and just thank you for taking the time out of your day um and connecting with me we're gonna have to do this again I literally have like lists of questions (laughs) to ask you and like now I'm like ooh, I like I feel like we should keep we should keep having these bigger conversations definitely personally and on a grander scale
1: I totally agree thank you all right
0: bye